0: All right, welcome to uh, the Matt Carney episode. You good, buddy? I'm good. That's the same hat you had on, or do you always just wear the the Portland hats?
1: Uh, it's just my, I just get uh, lazy.
0: So it's probably the same hat? Yeah. I have, if you walk down to my room, I mean, I have 40% of my wardrobe's Arkansas stuff. Because I can wear it all the time. I'm representing home. Right. Are you still a diehard home guy?
1: Uh, yes. Oregon, yes. Yeah. I still claim it. Somehow I've been in Nashville for like... 18 I don't even know How many years now But yeah Oregon is still it Gets in you I'm 6th generation Oregonian So My family came over On the Like covered wagon Oregon Trail The game you played In high school Middle school That was Yeah my family Probably high school for me I didn't go to Very good high school Yeah <laughs>
0: We just got it like eleventh grade. Yeah. Was that when Oregon Trail comes out? Because I played that game.
1: Yeah, I'm thirty-eight. So Joey dies of dysentery. Yeah. Do you fort the river? The
0: oxen. How many oxen can yeah, you shoot? Right? Yeah. So if you're in Oregon during Oregon Trail, is there a sort of, you're proud of that? I,
1: like, I, I guess I didn't have a context. I didn't know people in like Wyoming were playing this game. I thought maybe they had like Wyoming, Wyoming trail. trail or something. Yeah.
0: Did you have Oregon Trail, Mike D? Yeah. Okay, because that was we would go to the computer lab and it was a big deal yeah, yeah, because yeah. this
1: is typing class
0: this is the only C I ever made all through school was typing yeah. I was straight A's <laughs> you know I was the kid probably too smart for my own good it got me in trouble but I go and the only it was a B the only B I made in high school was in typing otherwise I'd have been a straight up four point
1: student how do you get a B in what you just didn't I have just, the, the, fe- the speed I didn't you have were the speed. playing Oregon Trail too much
0: I was uh, I think I was just goofing around too much it was typing who cares yeah right and then in college, the only, I made a C, because I made a C in French. A minor oh, in you're French. Smart. No, 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 no. But I took French because we had to take a foreign language to be, I studied, uh, you know, I wrote in college and I did radio television. And so I, I took French and I made a C. And I was pretty disappointed. In my, I went to my, my, my teacher and said, hey, I'm never going to use this, dude. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure I deserve a C. I said, I'm never going to use this. Please. I haven't begged for much of my life. Yep. I said, please give me a C. What do you want from me? You, mean, you know, French fries, French dip. What do you want? I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'll make one for the class. I was trying. And I didn't know what I was going to have. And finally they sent my a report and it was a C. And I thought, oh my God, he listened. Because I don't know that I deserved it. Really? You, What kind of
1: student were you? Very bad. Really? I, would imagine... I failed ping pong class once.
0: But that's an effort thing.
1: Yeah, that was really just I didn't want to put on uh, gym clothes to play ping pong. And I would oh, get marked down every day. Oh, they made you dress day. up in gym clothes? Yeah, you had to, like, get in your, your, like, PE clothes. And I just was like, nah, man. But then, like, after three quarters of the semester not doing it one time, it was, like, a hole I couldn't get out of. I was starting to do the math. I'm like, even if I dress up every day? He's like, nope.
0: But that hurt your final grade point average. He, probably, yes. You let, you let yes, ping pong probably. hurt your final well, grade point Well, my final
1: average. GPA was really low. So, I mean, not really low. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but... I was not a good student, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that I thought I was dumb, but I just... High school was interesting for me. I I, I probably snuck out of my house like four nights a week. Just, I was super rebellious. To, to do what? I don't know. What do you do in Eugene, Oregon? Probably try to score like alcohol or something or you know like i don't know i was just restless i just liked it was like this thing we would do me and the other this group of friends and we would just yeah. roam around town and i like, get grounded but you if you just leave <laughs> i realized that if you get grounded you could still just leave
0: there's nothing they could really do it's unless like, they like chain me to the bed it's like your baby now we were just talking briefly yes. out there you're like 16 God. months old i can't even you can't even communicate with her
1: no if i get what i gave that i it's bad i was i was yeah my poor parents see
0: I would think you're such a cerebral guy just by being a fan of your music and the different styles you kind of bounce within yeah that it it was probably school was probably too easy for someone like you
1: uh I would say it just didn't fit like sitting in a i'm really a d d like tested off the charts and uh when I went and took some big formal test, not just like I'm ADD. Everybody says they're ADD, which, but so so for me, sitting in a in a desk facing someone talking to you, sitting still, like just didn't work. I just didn't vibe that way.
0: Do you take ACT or SATs? SATs. See, I, I'm from Arkansas. I took ACTs.
1: Did
0: you not do well. Or did you kill it?
1: Uh, I did. Like I did pretty good. Yeah, I was like 1200 or 11 something, which. I fell asleep during the writing session because I'd Man, stayed out the care, night huh? before. You just well, didn't care? I just didn't care. I mean, I guess I cared, but no, my brother was really smart. I was like into art and I was a soccer player. And so school just didn't, I didn't see how that fit into what, I don't know. It just didn't move me at all.
0: You would be the guy that I would be jealous of all through high school and college because not only were you the the, the guy that was cool and you snuck off and you know, did, you, <laughs> did you party in. Yeah. It made you bad grades, but then you're obviously musically talented, gifted. But you're an athlete. Like you were a, a really good soccer player. You went to co- you. They paid you basically to play soccer in college. What a scholarship! Well, is.
1: Well, that's kind of been blown out of proportion because Chico State at the time didn't have really a full scholarship uh, thing. So they would help you with other things, but it wasn't like a full ride. But they partly because of my grades. Like I just really, uh, yeah. I but yeah that I played Saga Chico it was a, I was okay.
0: Is that Aaron Rodgers Chico?
1: It is yeah, yeah.
0: You know you guys have any relationship at all?
1: Ah, uh, we we are Twitter friends. Okay, that's I, something. Yeah, we're Twitter friends.
0: Do you ever have anybody follow you on Twitter and then you worry for a bit? Like oh, if I post something real stupid right when they start following me, they're gonna unfollow me. <laughs> do you ever have that? Thing? Uh, because I do. do I mean? just
1: know because I'm terrible at it anyway. So at,
0: yeah, you don't tweet much. I
1: don't. No, I should tweet more.
0: I had the uh, you ever watch full house? Oh you yeah. kid? Okay, so I did a show with But kids. I
1: didn't grow up, my wife was really like we talked about this last night. That's funny you brought it up. We were talking about full house.
0: Well, what was that conversation?
1: Uh it was remember that? And I was like, I wasn't really into it. And mm. she's like, "Well, I if thought fight party well, and doing fun stuff." No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't get it. I was like, it was I think yeah, I don't know.
0: I I did a show on Fox with Candace Cameron. Oh yeah. And so we did the show together.
1: She's wine. She makes wine. Does she make wine? I just knew that. I don't know how I know that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't know that. So I don't drink. I don't drink wine. So I don't know. But uh, we did the show, and I thought it was cool because I watched Full House my whole life. Yep. And then she started following me on Twitter and Instagram. Whoa, yeah. So I thought about every single move that I had for like a week. I thought about everything <laughs> I was writing. Yeah, I, it it yeah. had to go through the Candace Cameron test. Like, would Candace approve? Yeah. And so it's then real. I would check the likes if she liked my picture. It got. I'm down a terrible wormhole with her. Yeah. And she's she's married, got like four kids or something. But yeah, she was someone like I grew up, but I wonder if Aaron Rodgers starts to follow you if you go, man, I shouldn't tweet anything stupid for a minute.
1: Uh, I, That's not really my brand to tweet stupid stuff. You so. ever DM him,
0: be like, what up?
1: Ch- no, that's where we, we, like, yeah, we like text each other in Twitter world. He's like, when are you coming to play a show? I'm like, yo. So Who's he's it? mentioned, like, I guess he started a record label or something. So I found out because he was, he mentioned my music a couple of times. I was like, wait, what? Aaron Rodgers, he knows who I am. So.
0: That's got to be cool, right? Yeah. Somebody that you think is cool thinks you're cool? Yeah.
1: I Who, think it's pretty cool.
0: In that realm of the world, who's been the coolest person? Where you're like, wow, they actually think I'm cool?
1: Uh, I, I went on my first record. I went into my publisher, and there was this uh, poster on the wall of this band called the Boxcar, oh shoot, I forget their name, Anthem something, Box, I, Gaslight Anthem, that was their name. No boxcar. It was gas. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I love those guys. Obviously, I love them so much. I know their names really well. But um, but I was like, uh, man, we did something for this Bruce compilation. And he goes, oh, that's funny. They were just in here. And they pointed at your picture and said, oh, we love Matt Carney. And the guy goes, oh, how do you know Matt Carney? And they go, oh, uh, uh, Bruce gave us his record. And I was like, Bruce? He's like, yeah, Springsteen. And I was like. Wait, Bruce knows I'm wow. alive and gave my record that? to somebody? Yeah. But I guess he's like really into, keeps up with current music. And we were both on Columbia and I'd done something for his like charity CD. So there was a way he could have known me. But yeah, I literally didn't talk for like two hours.
0: Did you ever talk to Bruce Springsteen? I have not, no. But he knows you're alive. He, That's pretty cool. He knows
1: I'm alive. I have a friend that went and saw his play, the,
0: the Broadway show. Yeah, yeah. I guess play, maybe as an accurate. the musical where he walks you through his life while playing his songs, and so I got online to see what tickets were to the Bruce Springsteen show. I, I believe it's called Springsteen or Bruce yeah. or Bruce Springsteen, something probably like that. And they're like thirteen hundred bucks to go watch that show.
1: Wow. I mean, they're only He's so, got it figured out then.
0: Yeah, and I was Just reading get story. like ten
1: people to pay a million dollars. You're good.
0: <laughs> then you do it, yeah, once a night. But he is staying off the road because he goes and does a show three or four nights a week, does a couple shows. Oh wow. And. Uh, makes the money, feels creatively fulfilled. And isn't that what it's all about? Like for me, that's what I try to find. How do, how yeah. long do I stay creatively fulfilled? Because yeah. I just don't want to go through the motions and get out. I never, I never got into radio for the music. Loving the music yeah. is a bonus part of it. I got into the radio to creatively – I'd write same reason I got into TV and stand-up – is to creatively like fill my cup full. And the fact that I'm a music fan allows me to break artists or bring artists like yourself on – when you're not a country artist, but my show goes, yes, I'm, we, I don't really care yeah. what you are. Just if you're good or I like you, come on in. And so for me, that's it. And that's what I'm always striving to do. Like, how is it for you? How, are you always writing music? Are you trying to all, uh, what's your, st-
1: and, and to what you said, you can feel that when I've been listening to your podcasts and what you do and yeah, you're not just uh, playing music. You're, you're, well, I would say you're an artist, you know, you're doing your thing, which makes sense that you would get into all the different stuff you're doing. Can yeah, I say that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I get into anything. Can wrong. I interview you? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I try to avoid
0: that. When it starts to happen, I slowly pivot out of it and, yeah. and come out. So, how do you keep yourself creatively motivated?
1: Uh, you know, I just I love writing, and um, I just love songwriting. It's I, I didn't actually start songwriting till I was a junior in college, and it just was this like puzzle that was fit everything that I loved and what like my gift I just was like oh this is I get it it's like it was moving in slow motion songwriting I was like you put this here and that there and so I think I still that challenge of writing songs and creating music and emotional moments are just you know I still love it you know and I I get out of bed every day with like song ideas and lyrics I just put out a record and I'm still like I was up late at night like writing down lyrics because they just it's just what I do
0: you write them on a pad or you put them on your phone
1: phone when was that shift for you? Uh, February 12th, 2007.
0: And you remember the day?
1: Yeah.
0: You're not messing with me? I'm messing with you. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I can already tell you're working on a different level than I am. So, but for a lot of my friends, they'll, they'll stick to the pad because it's what they feel the most comfortable.
1: I, I'm a terrible speller. I can't. I'm literally like – I'm also like dyslexic partly and spelling is super hard for me. I would not. I was an English, which is funny, I was an English major, and I could not have gotten through college without spell check.
0: So you're an English major, an athlete, a musician. Did you graduate college, or did you get out? I before? didn't.
1: I left my my. You would you would think they would because at Chico State they keep um, sending me like envelopes to donate to the school oh, yeah? and like come. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I dropped. I didn't mean to. Yeah, it was like a. A road trip to Nashville with a buddy of mine, and somehow I dropped out. It was supposed to be for a month, and now it's been years. Do you know studying. how many hours short you are? I'm about a year.
0: Any interest at all in finishing totally. it?
1: Totally. I think about it all the time. You, I would love to go to school now. That sounds so fun to me. Like, learning is now cool too. Yes. You. Like, man, you people should wait, I think, and like.
0: Wait till 30 or so, yeah. and then go back at it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, and again, you have a kid. Yeah. meaning at some point they're going to look at your past actions yeah. to base their own. Does that factor into being a dad now, like in the decisions that you make? <laughs> not until right now. He's like, oh, uh, crap. Wow. Oh,
1: I mean, totally, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, maybe not as much. She's 16 months. It's very like in the in the immediate, like am I on my phone when she wants me to read her a book, like that. But I guess that'll like... It's all on the internet. Play out.
0: Your whole life's on the internet. I know. Our parents' lives weren't on the internet. We don't know what they did. I know. We have no idea. Yeah. Your daughter's gonna know every move you made. I know. I, th- I
1: think about that maybe more like uh, when I'm writing songs and like, I don't know why this is so weird. This is a new thing. But like I'm picturing this like teenage, my daughter, teenage girl being like, that song was no good. Or something <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm like haunted by my 13 year old daughter if she's gonna think it's get into what I do or not
0: I was listening to your record which I have a lot I really enjoyed the new record by the way like I have, thank you like no no BS it's kind of what made me go hey I really enjoyed the new record I've been a fan for years and I thought hmm, let me be selfish I like the new record he lives in town let me just reach out and be. I think it was Jake I think I was talking about your record on the air I'm trying to, I'm going back to my head I was talking about your record on the air Jake Owen reaches out and goes hey I'm kind of friends with him I was just with them we're friends okay
1: we could we can establish that Jake
0: and he said, I was just with him.
1: I hit the ball farther than him on the golf course, too. Oh,
0: you're a golfer? I probably. You're an athlete, huh?
1: I mean, yeah. Golf's my one kind of, re- like, Really. dabble in athletics. Still? Yeah.
0: But can you play with him? Yeah, man. Are you better than him? No. Okay, because he's, he's, real, he's oh, real good. He's really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't play that much.
0: For me, that was the trouble. Like, when I moved down to town, I lived on a golf course for a while. I thought, man, we'll play. I used to play golf four
1: days a week. When really? Well, I lived in Texas. Did you get like a handicap?
0: Yeah, I did. But I started. I never played golf in my life. Yeah,
1: which is hard. It's like learning piano at like forty. Right. You kind of. You if you don't have the kid thing, it's a lot harder.
0: And there was no concept of golf. We didn't have golf in Arkansas as a kid. I was, <laughs> I was poor. There were no golf courses. You know. We. So I started playing at like twenty eight or so. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time I played around, and I had to play around to score it. And I think I shot a one hundred and nine. And by the time that I was done playing i was probably shooting 83 84 yeah that's great so i was a 12 13 that's really good around in that i felt like it was good for me that's but really the, good the just pro- for anyone but the problem with golf is you're always playing people better than you there's yeah. always somebody who's a lot better than yeah, you yeah and so if i can't practice i don't want to play i'm and, with you and I, and I ran out of time to practice so yeah I, I, my point is i really enjoyed the new record um and so I, I listen and on the back half of the record you, when you put the Sade song in yeah bow, bow, bow to, you know, By yeah. Your Side yeah so oh here we go look at that if you'd have said to me I'm gonna do By Your Side I'd have been like ooh yeah. I don't know man that's, that's like my legendary Bubble Bat song like people See, I, love this song I'd love it too you crushed it though crushed it listen to this listen to you listen to you right here listen to how good you are at this song you're
1: so much better than you know come on what's your mindset
0: going into when you're covering a song because you want to make it a little different but you got to remain somewhat true yeah you're walking a fine line
1: and i definitely took approach where i did it like in her structure i think it's almost might be in the same key she sang it in maybe it's a half step lower but i yeah, I definitely took the tempo and the structure and kept it like she did it, and then just made the instrumentation kind of different, like eight oh eights and something like that felt like something I was into. But yeah, I love this song. This was like I, I I cover a lot of songs for fun in the studio, just as an exercise or just I don't know, just fun to like sing other really cool songs. And this one I did as like a on a whim, and then I kept like. Wow, I really like this. I really like this, and I just kept finishing and finishing it until I was like, I guess I got to put this on the record.
0: Love this version. You know, and you also referenced Sade. Yeah. And uh, memorized. memorized. Yeah. yeah. And so, on purpose was this a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was. Yeah. So did you? But but everybody thinks I'm saying Shadé. Like Shadé got low. Like I'm saying Shadé, but I'm not. I'm saying Shadé.
0: I never thought it was shoddy, because I don't think...
1: Well, you probably know who Sade is. Too. I do. Yeah. And,
0: and so when I... I think I heard, this song came out before the record came out, I believe. This this, this, yeah, like, yeah. this one of the tracks, first tracks? Yeah. And so when I, this song came out, I enjoyed it. And the record comes out, and I hear the Sade song. And I'm like, oh, I was that on purpose. Like, did you think to cover the song before you wrote this song?
1: I did. I had the cover going. And I was in a write with Matt Drag and uh, Josh Miller. Great, really big, amazing writers in town. Uh, they work a lot with Big Loud, the team I've been working with. And uh yeah, and we were just I don't know, we were just like coming up with ideas and I was trying to write this really personal thing and I was like, Well we're listening to Sade, because I was listening to Sade. So I was like, that's weird. And I like listening to that. And so, sometimes it's fun to you know, all these all the weird lyrics are always the ones that people tend to grab onto.
0: Yeah, those the weird lyrics are always the the home runs or just the busts. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you do yeah. I, and one of them that I would uh, reference is whenever Sam Hunt puts out body like a back road, which is, you know, she got hips like honey. First time I heard it, I go, oh, that's a risk. Yeah. You know, because some of those, but those paid off. Uh. Yeah. Obviously, majorly. Cadillac
1: failure. seats, we go way back. That's so good. That song is is so well written. It's like uh, Paul McCartney would like be proud to write that song, in my opinion. Just like maybe that's a bold statement, but just it's of like a crafted like a a pop. Concept song is so well executed.
0: Something I was talking about recently is how pop is supposedly a bad word now. Like, oh, it's pop. I'm not pop. Yeah. I'm like, well, how's it? How did that get transformed into a bad word? Yeah. It literally means popular. Yeah. It can mean anything. Yeah. And if we're really defining pop, like hip hop is pop now. Yeah. Because well, they,
1: it's, yeah, I use that as like like big.
0: Yeah okay fair but big meaning popular and if someone goes oh i don't i'm not into pop music yeah what does that mean you're not into music that other people like like that's a pretty bold statement
1: and then do you have to shift if if it yeah. like if yeah. like you're like i'm a kings of leon guy and then they have a hit you're like whoa well, i can't not like, anymore i don't like this you song heard now. what i
0: said a year ago i don't
1: like pop music so i guess <laughs> i gotta
0: switch yeah that's always a weird thing when people say they don't like pop like pop seems like it's a bad word to people
1: yeah i not to me i guess yeah me either I mean, uh, I yeah, I don't really run in like, I mean, I would consider Bonnie Iver, like have, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, but there's, yeah, pop is like, I don't know if it's such a bad word. It used to be really bad word, like when it was like the Britney Spears, like that era. But now I feel like pop is getting weird too. So it's like you hear stuff on the radio and it's like, can be really weird and cool, but very, very popular and very relatable.
0: What's this spot here for, Mike? This endorsement here? Blue Apron. Oh, let me talk about Blue Apron. Blue Apron is offering listeners their first three meals for free. And when it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and the shopping. While you do the cooking and the eating, you'll enjoy delicious meals like popcorn, and chicken with sweet chili cabbage, slaw and cumin spiced wonton noodles with vegetables and peanuts on the table in 30 minutes or less. Convenient. They deliver it right to your door. pre portioned ingredients, step-by-step recipes that can be cooked under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season and designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. It's flexible, 12 recipes each week. New ones, you can pick two, three, four recipes. High quality. The upcoming meals right now, because I love Blue Apron. Yeah, your boy Bobby loves Blue Apron. Pork chorizo tacos, radishes, roasted potatoes, and cotija cheese. Salmon and spicy orange salsa with quinoa and carrot salad. White cheddar cheeseburgers, with balsamic glazed onion, roasted potatoes. Creamy pesto, cavatelli with mushrooms and spicy breadcrumbs. All that. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blueapron.com slash BobbyCast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, so let me ask you this question. You're a big music guy like myself. Uh, obviously, probably bigger. Best live show you ever been to?
1: Best live show I've ever been to? Um, Springsteen. I love him. I saw him at, at the Meadowlands right before they tore it down. You know, that's like the yeah, yeah. giant We're stadium. Yeah. And he got out and they he...
0: He played like seven hours or something. Yeah,
1: he and he was playing Born to Run that night, which is like was amazing. And then he got up there and he started the show though with uh, Pull Out Your Wrecking Ball, and it was like this. They were going to tear it down, and he he was writing it about this. And they had the words that they had his like whatever they you know what do they give old people so they can remember their lyrics? Uh, prompter. Yeah, they have the teleprompter. Like they I mean, all.
0: I have that. I mean, I don't think I'm that old. Well, I, I I, do do, right I just <laughs> I just
1: I associate it more with like old rock bands. All right. Oh, Even though okay. I need one now because I script lyrics, but but they put it on the big screens and it was just like he's going through the lyrics and bring out your wrecking ball. And he's like, reading. No, he was just playing the song, but they had the lyrics. Oh, they had he it never, for Because no one ever. Right. It's the first time. I don't. The song wasn't out; It hadn't been released. So he just was like starting the song with this. Like, this show with this song. It was really beautiful.
0: I saw Elton John play with uh, the, the the prompter, and so he he has so many hits. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it, man. And he's also seventy. Yeah. I, I saw steven tyler play with a prompter
1: i need one so i'm right there with you you get a lot of words in some of your songs. yeah there's a lot of words there's a lot of, but but you also wrote those a lot of words i know but that doesn't mean yeah but every album you add like a lot more words so if you haven't played something in a while it's hard
0: but some stuff that just goes away you don't remember every song do you know every song no okay that's what i'm saying like no. some stuff just goes away it's you replace the new knob. I'll ask
1: fan. Like I, there's been times where you're doing like an acoustic performance or something intimate where someone be like, "Play this song." I'm like, "Ah, what's the first line? Help me, you know?" Because I don't. Usually they're like, if you get the first one, you, you're good, and then like the first of the second verse, you're good. Those are like the hard parts.
0: Yeah, so we'll do songs on a stupid band, and even cover songs. As long as I can get that first, even word, I just got to be put on the railroad track. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I can't even find the railroad track. You put me on the railroad track, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, playing a, a songwriter show the other night, and we were playing at the Franklin Theater, which is about 400 people, and I was a guest, was a big songwriter, Lee Thomas Miller. He written a bunch of number ones for country. Heather Morgan. And so we're playing, and I'm watching. He puts his phone up, because he's not normally a performer. He's a songwriter. He yeah. can sing, but you know he probably writes a song a day. And he just had the first word to every line on his phone. He didn't have all the lyrics. He just had the first Perfect. word. Yeah. That's
1: genius. And
0: that's all he needed. Because he wrote Brothers Osborne, It Ain't My Fault. I don't know if you remember that song. Yeah. And it's got a lot of words. He wrote it with them. And so he just had the first line of everything. And I thought, oh, that's how to do it. That's all I need.
1: Yeah, just, just get me going. Just the first line. I'll yeah. write, yeah. I'll have a little line, like, similar. First, Just a couple lines written on the piano and a piece of tape or something If I if I need to remember stuff.
0: So, Springsteen's your best live show. I was that. Or
1: Beyonce, though. When she played here, it was so good. At Nissan Stadium? It was so good, man. I didn't see
0: that. Why was that good to you?
1: It was just like, I don't know. I'm not even a Beyonce fan. It sounded so good. It was so over the top. Like, it sounded unbelievable. And, like, just this big cube. Like, just as a spectacle, it was the coolest thing I'd seen. What was the big cube? It was this giant cube that was, like, as big as an entire building. And it rotated. And then it was all LED screens, too, that, like, separated. And it was just, like... And they were out in what Nissan... What's it called? Uh, The big football. Yeah, Nissan Stadium. Nissan Nissan Stadium. So it was, like, larger than life. Like, it was, like, this building you were standing in front of. So it was, like, a feeling as a person. It was, like, I don't know. They created this, like, whole world where you were standing in front of this building. I don't know. It was just really cool.
0: I was reading some stuff about you because my, my favorite artist is John Mayer because I feel like there are only a few artists that actually speak the way you do and you hear lyrics. You go, that's how I feel. There are a lot of songs I like. Yeah. There are a lot of artists that say a lot of things I agree with. But I was a big John Mayer fan. Like, I loved Room for Squares, but when Continuum came out and, he, and Stop This Train's on there and it's like, you know, Stop The Train... You know, I'm only good at being young. That's my favorite lyric ever. I have it down in my living room. I didn't realize you were on that tour, the continuum tour with yeah. John Mayer.
1: Yeah, it was great. Was it? So great. It was like, yeah.
0: Because I've had probably 13 experiences with John. And recently, they've all been great. But I think to be completely awesome and weird, you also got to be weird. Yeah. Like, it, it's not just a compartmentalizing thing where you're only weird when you create art, but in yeah. real life, you're normal. That's not how the world works. Yeah. And at times, John's been really weird but it, but recently the last many times he's been awesome um so the continuum record for me is awesome and i wonder i guess
1: he was cool with you he was super cool yeah and yeah it was like sent me a when when we got the when we invited us to be on the tour we i got a card that was handwritten like man I'm so excited to have you out with us and and then we came out first day we first sound check which was i saw me like ran to the monitor desk and was watching a sound check for the first day and i was just like which was not cool actually i freaked me out (laughs) but yeah he was i mean he was kind of in his own world he was dating jessica simpson at the time so they were spending a lot of time together and and uh but so i i I wouldn't say that we like hung out every day but we had probably a dozen decent really cool conversations or and i would see him around we we had the same lawyer for a minute so i we I'd run into him a couple of times. I, I was walking down through Manhattan one day and I hear Matt, you know, I look around he's like running down the street and said hi. And so he's always been really, really kind to me. And I think there is the, like the John persona in the interviews and stuff that is a little like, like, whoa, bro, you don't need to say that. But I don't know, man. He's just, I'm a fan too. I just love what he does.
0: Yeah, me too. And you know, there are some artists where...
1: I'm intimidated by how good he is. I'm intimidated. I'm like, I feel like I should quit music when I see what John Mayer does.
0: He came on my show. I, I saw the interview. So, th- a bit of it, I was going, "Man, he's way too smart for me to even talk to." <laughs> and I'm going, "Huh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this." There was a, it clicked about ten minutes in, where then we just kind of, yeah,
1: His brain's doing something different.
0: Dude, he's he's he working on a different level. Yeah, like he's so much smarter than I am, <laughs> and I I was happy that at some point in the interview he just decided to to dumb his brain down, yeah. and, and and bond with me over that. He
1: was like, I think he had just started smoking weed a lot on the when we. We're on tour, and there's an after party, and he was obviously like feeling it. And he walked up to me, he's like, telling me about how he goes to Vegas. He was like, See, when I'm at Vegas, it's like I'm counting cards, and it's like a, it's like perfect pitch because D is right here. Ooh. And then, like, I, so if a king comes, it's like, Ooh, that's like a queen. And then I, I do all the math in my head, and he was like talking 90 miles an hour. And I was like, What is happening? <laughs> Your brain is weird, bro. Like, you hearing, like, you you're counting cards at a casino through pitch. Like, that's not normal. You're like yeah. Like X Men.
0: That kind of weird person to make awesomely weird things. And for me it's been kinda oddly awesome to be around a ton of creatives and see that to be that creative you have to be odd. And sometimes with odd you don't quite you don't have to gel. I don't have to be friends with everybody yeah. to actually understand and appreciate their art.
1: I yeah. I I think there is a case for that. Yeah, I've 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 heard you in an interview, you like But there are, there's examples of people though that like Springsteen, he's, I would say he's, he's not weird at all.
0: You can't convince me that someone who does something so different isn't so different also in some part of his life, some dark spot. (laughs) You just can't. Yeah. I I mean, it's a hard one for me.
1: I know. I was, I was listening to your Chris Stapleton interview today. I was like, I was cramming for this. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) that was a really good one actually.
0: Chris and I have. It's, it's been a good relationship. Yes. He,
1: it was really good. Yeah, you were talking about, like, do you feel if you get, if you fix yourself, that'll screw up, like, your chances of succeeding because the screwed up part is, like, which I, it was an interesting thought, which is kind of what you're saying right now, right? Maybe.
0: Yeah. I, I'm scared. I go to therapy. Yeah. I try to fix myself. Too, but bro. just so
1: much. I just don't wanna, a little bit. I want to
0: fix it all the way because what, <laughs> what if I lose my drive? Like, what if I'm so fixed that I don't have whatever it is that's made me so freaking nuts? Mm-hmm. To get to do what I – and if I'm not tortured just a little bit, I'm not on that edge, that creative edge. Well, then is –
1: but is doing, like, the ultimate?
0: What's the the ultimate? What's doing?
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, like I I relate to that so much because are you – do you get into personality tests or that kind of thing? Enneagram world or, like, it's like – all my friends are into it. All my friends are into it too. You're. This sounds like a three. What you would say? Okay. Like an achiever. Like you really want to go for things and and, yeah. Like resume. It's like this. But I don't know. I, I've been in this weird world where I'm like, yeah. I just like to work and accomplish things and do things. That's
0: me. I love accomplishments. I don't care about accolades. Yeah. I have no. I absolutely, no love on trophies. No. I love accomplishing things though. Yeah. Because I'm not supposed to. I, I'm the always listen, I have a swimming pool now, which is crazy to me. I have a swimming pool. <laughs> I've I have seen it. a freaking it. swimming pool, yeah, it's, right? It's cool. It's crazy. I yeah. have a swimming pool. So I go, ooh, am I not – I need to like live in, a, a, you know, in an old apartment like I used to to really have that creative edge that got me to this point. Is this swimming pool going to equalize what I – and this is what goes through my mind. You're going to be
1: chilling out too much.
0: Last night I sat on the porch. For I, but you two hours and just watched my computer and listened to music and I was like, what's happening to me? This is not me. Yeah. Why am I not miserable?
1: Because <laughs> miserable me works so much harder. I but I would say for 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 the Bobby Bones like existence of health like finding that balance is really you know I don't know I'm in the I'm in this journey too because it's like I'm I'm going to my fifth record and you're like man. Okay, uh I've been on major labels, I've had success, I've done this, and you start like putting your whole kind of identity and existence into that. And yeah, you can produce, but like at the core, like, you know, you're much more than that, I'm much more than that, what I accomplish. And and ultimately great work and that stuff won't come out of just like insecurity, fear, like I think like maybe some frantic work can, but I don't know. I I think You you were successful in spite of that, not because of that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I feel like
1: again, I'm thirty eight.
0: I have accomplishments, but I don't have a lot of real life stuff. You know, I went through some 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 beast years that were very tough. And I think that's created a lot of walls for me. Yeah. And I like to control what I can control Mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to control a lot early. Yeah. So now but yeah, so my question is, do you know anybody? I can like, and I'll <laughs> to that. Like, hey, man, can you hook yeah. me up? Yeah. Oh, dude,
1: this is, I love it. This is like my own. I'm going through these same things in the fact that like Brene Brown is this author that I love. She's amazing. She's like a TED Talks, like the most watched TED Talks. And she talks a lot about uh, perfectionism. And like I would have, I, I, when I work on a record, when I work on something, when I put on a show, I work really hard and perfectionism is this thing where you think you can like be f- free from criticism or because you're, it's going to be perfect. No one can poke a hole at me then because I've created this perfect thing. And she does this whole argument about how, uh, no, that's actually not like data proves that your perfectionism is actually gets in your way. It's actually you're successful in spite of your perfectionism, like perfectionism, when they break it down to what it does to you in your it's, it actually doesn't help. And it's really an interesting thing that I've been kind of diving into. Do you worry that We're you're going to like be so
0: balanced, though, now that you have a baby, that you're not going to be able to create that? I'm
1: so unbalanced because I had a baby, okay. bro. That's like, fair. I am like. That's yeah. fair. Maybe you're nutty. <laughs> I had, like, poop stains on my shoulder. That's not balanced. That's but on both that... shoulders, that'd be balanced.
0: <laughs> yeah, if it's only on one, I would be OC. See... I'm going to play. Here's Kings and Queens, by yeah. the way. I love this song. Matt Carney. Here's.
1: Damn, dude me singing. we don't need no Make us feel We don't need no or to feel
0: like we That's I think it's my favorite song in the record. Really? Which is why like I would have had you come and play it by yourself, but I had you and when I saw it, it was you and Jillian both, and Jillian and I are cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's my favorite, too. Dude, I
1: love it, yeah. She, I loved having her there.
0: So how'd you two get together to do the acoustic version of the song?
1: Well, just working, uh, you know, I've kind of been in a transition with, like, my team and different people, and so I've been working with Big Loud in Nashville, and uh, she was one of their artists. And I just became a fan because we're around her, and you're seeing the music she's creating. And um, I wanted to put out an acoustic version, and I went to my manager, Seth, and I was like, yo, um would Jillian be on it? And he's like, I, I don't know, I'll send it to her. And she was like, let's do it. So yeah, it was really, like she's such, and she is crazy good in the studio. Oh Like yeah. she sings and it's not like a normal person. Like a, perfect takes, perfect pitch. Really? Yeah, just crazy.
0: I'm a fan of her music and then I took her out on tour for a couple months. Yeah. Whenever, cause I, like I said, I have this dumb band. We're actually fun to watch but we're not very good. I'm the lead singer, show you how good we are. But still we're, we're pretty we're entertaining we're very entertaining so she comes out and she opens live nails it yeah the thing about jillian that was crazy to me is i say hey come out and do a song not for my sake but for your sake because you'll sell a bunch more merch if you come out during my set when people are really dialed into the show yeah and i'll be like and buy merch you know so come out so she comes out and we can play anything you know we we can play anything badly yeah. So I said, hey, what do you know? It's the first night. I should have went over with her before. She's like, I don't know anything. Like, you, you, know, you just have to sing. What do you know? She goes, I know nothing. I don't know any songs, any popular from the 70s. What, what do you know? Nothing. Yeah. She knew no songs. <laughs> it was all hipster songs. All she knew was hipster songs. Yeah. And so then finally, she goes, well, I know crazy. And I'm like, okay, crazy. And so, we, yeah, yeah. so nobody knows it. And so my bassist, who's also a crazy good guitar player, we have to switch it. So all tour long, my bassist would play bass the whole night. Then on Jillian's song, my bassist she would grab the guitar from my guitar player and come up, and her and Jillian would play crazy, and it was a nice moment. Yeah. But Jillian's like so cool. She doesn't because she, she doesn't know she's cool.
1: <laughs> she's pretty cool, yeah. Her yeah. videos are super. Yeah, she's cool, man. Hmm.
0: Here's the uh, money. I like this one too. This is on. Uh, this is on Crazy Talk. Money, money. When you go into a record like this it just has a different style to it all your records have slightly different yeah. different styles and this one you know there's definitely some electronic flavor inside of this is it a decision that maybe there are songs that didn't have it that you go we should probably add it so the record's fluid
1: uh no because i've always had like pretty schizophrenic records and not been afraid of that so there's always like a weird folk moment or like there's a song called wanted man on this record that's very like i don't know some weird like James taylor song or something. Wanted Man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely like textures and themes and concepts you're working on, but no, I just, I've always been like of the Beatles camp. It's like each song is kind of its own world. And as long as they're great songs and they're not like jarring, kind of, it's more of a collection of songs than it is this like concept record. Play
0: some Wanted Man.
1: You're my partner <laughs> Crime when you take my hand. You make me feel like A man You make me feel like A wanted man How long did it take you to make this record? What's the, what's the studio
0: on, live on this?
1: Uh, it took about three years to write all the songs because I was writing while I was finishing up my other record and then man, I don't know it's like what comes... Some songs like took a day, some took six months, and I bet it was a year, eight months, kind of off and on. But I was going through a lot of different things. I was, it was my first I, I, I'd worked with a manager, Greg Laderman, who's like an amazing human, and found me and actually signed John Mayer and found him, and started this record called uh, Aware Records. And we were getting this place where I was like, "I'm going into my fifth record." I needed something new. I needed like a new perspective, new life, and and I wanted out of my major label deal. I was just kind of ready to do something different, and uh, so I was going through all that. So this record was it was it took a lot of time and also went really fast because there was a lot, and I had a baby. It was just like this weird. It was the weirdest creative season of my life.
0: You do hip hop. You consider up a hip hop artist.
1: Me? Yeah i mean no
0: you okay but you said i mean so there's part of you that does you probably think you're better than a lot of the hip-hop artists now no right?
1: no 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 i, I mean i always i always started i started that way what was funny was i didn't had zero music upbringing i didn't actually start doing music till college at all but i but in high school we would like when i was being a punk kid in graffiti we'd go there was this legal graffiti wall in eugene oregon i got really into it because it was really creative and all my friends were these like kind of skater punk kids and we'd paint murals and for fun we would put on like an instrumental outcast instrumental or like Wu-Tang Clan instrumental and like make up songs on the way back to school so you basically freestyle yeah we're freestyling and uh, yeah we just started like I got really good at it I was like shockingly good and then I started like not being funny and I was like get really personal and tell these stories and everybody's like whoa and then I started writing songs and uh, writing like my own songs the outcast instrumentals and they would kind of my senior year, they were like people would kind of pass them around the school. I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy! People like what I'm doing." So that was kind of my journey into that world. But I wasn't singing yet. So yeah, I've always had this kind of like autobiographical kind of uh, documentary style talking spoken word hip hop influence.
0: Would you say hip hop? Would you say spoken word slam poetry? What, uh, what I would mean, you say how would you? Describe it's it? funny
1: because as soon as you say, I would not. I'm not a hip hop artist in the sense of like. I just I just would feel very uncomfortable using that. I would say I'm definitely influenced by it. And like like a Ed Sheeran would be influenced by it. Or like, a, you know, but to put myself in that world. I did do an interview with like a... I was like, one of the coolest invites I got to an interview was this like Canadian hip-hop blog or something. They wanted to interview me for a record. I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Someone accepted me in that world. But but I wouldn't... I, I definitely wouldn't... Um, I don't know, I just I grew up on it, and it just crept its way into my music because I didn't know how to do anything else. I couldn't even sing yet I, but I could kind of rap this weird melodic like storytelling
0: you did win hip hop song of the year in two thousand six yes, for train
1: wreck, the Devil War, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Hear a little bit of it. wow I haven't listened to it okay.
0: What's that make you think about?
1: I don't like the song.
0: What? What? Okay. Why don't you like the song?
1: I don't know. Just this. I don't know. What do you? I think mean, it's when, not. I don't hate it. No, no. It just, but
0: what do you think when it comes on?
1: Uh, like it was another era of me creatively. It's probably like when the. It's probably like the seventh song I'd ever written in my life.
0: And you wanted double word for it. I won't, I won't make you keep listening. To no, it. no,
1: it's interesting. Actually, turn it back up. I probably haven't listened to this in eight years. Yeah, it's pretty. that's definitely more rap than. I have a theory. Yeah, yeah. You can
0: tell me if you, you believe this. And I wrote that. I have a book coming in a couple weeks, and I wrote about this. That if, you're, if you continue creating, it yeah. doesn't no matter what you're creating, but if you continue creating and you're not. Somewhat embarrassed by what you've created in the past, you're not moving forward. You're not distancing yourself from it. You can be proud of it and still be embarrassed by it. There are old things that I've done that I'm a bit embarrassed by, but I'm proud of them because they got me to the next spot. They got me to the next spot. So my theory is if you listen to something a few years ago and you're not embarrassed by it, it means you're probably still in the same spot. Like, if you're not embarrassed that you haven't grown. So you hear that. Do you think, man, i just grown so much as an artist? Or are you like, man, what was I thinking? Come on.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe, like, that's definitely, like, the more hip-hop leaning. That was me coming out of that world. So I was probably more, like, directly influenced in trying to occupy that space of, like, the hip-hop thing. Which, I don't know if, like, I don't know if that fit me to the core, you know, you're trying things. And sometimes you try. You know, sometimes you're like, you look back at a picture, you're like, why, why, why did I wear those jeans? Like, come on, bro. Because like, you've grown.
0: Like, that's like you've grown. That's, for that's those four months,
1: I thought those <laughs> jeans were so cool. Why? But I was way off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right. You've grown. You have grown.
0: I've grown taller a bit later in life too. Really? Oddly. <laughs> really? Yeah. really? Oddly. I don't know why. I just keep growing, and always
1: yoga or something. You get in better posture. You
0: do yoga? Because I do a little yoga.
1: Uh, I love it. I just, I don't do anything.
0: So you don't, you don't stop doing anything because you don't do anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you may Just don't do anything and you're, and you're, you're like, you're very disciplined. That's a thing too. It's, I'm disciplined. It's, it's, it's to disciplined.
0: Doing... <laughs> to, doing anything for a long period of time is tough. Even not doing something is doing something. Yeah, right. Like respect. Okay. Like yeah. I like yeah, that. That's my thing. Let me talk about uh, sleep number for a second. Maybe you've heard me talk about my amazing Sleep Number 360 smart bed. They're so smart, they respond to your every movement, and they automatically adjust to you. The great news is their latest smart beds are even more comfortably priced during their semi-annual sale going on right now. So many couples disagree on mattress firmness. I can't wait to be a couple that disagrees on mattress firmness. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be nice. Just to have a couple. I know. Ah, Sleep Number beds let you choose your ideal firmness on each side so it's right for both of you. You can actually feel how it contours to your neck, shoulder, back, hips, and... It, relive, it relieves pressure points. There's even an adjustment for snoring. How about that? My sleep number setting is 30. My sleep IQ score last night, mm, I didn't look. I'm just trying to be honest, but I will say that it's usually in the low 90s. I do move a bit. Right now, if you're listening, the semi-annual sale to see the latest sleep number 360 smart beds with special Memorial Day savings up to 700 bucks right now. There are more than 500 and sleep, 550 sleep number stores. Visit sleepnumber.com/bones to find the store nearest to you. All right, so crazy talk—you put on twelve songs, Twelve. 11, yeah. Eleven 11 of yours and cover. Yeah, maybe accurate. How do you feel about albums now? Because I mean, you, you put out a record. We're in a world now where the debate is: Yeah, you know, it, is an album worth it? Because you can put out just the math—you can put out ten songs, and they'll stream at a million each. Where you can put out one song, and if it streams 10 million, you actually make more than if you did that, yeah. that. So, and it's also all the flashing lights and remaining in the marketplace because you put out a full record, you've kind of shot your shot for a minute. Yeah. So, I just wonder your thoughts on the album in today's consumer environment. Well,
1: that was really why we, the approach on this record was we actually put out, I think it was five or six songs, five songs before the album came out, and then released the final. I think six, the sixth song would have been on the day that it dropped. So that doesn't really count, but then really seven at the end. And I I still think the album obviously is super valid as a artist. And as like someone who I, I think my fans want that. I think they want an, a, a body of work to listen to, you know, put on there on the boat driving around or they're driving home from work. I think they want a body of work to immerse themselves in from you. Um, the core fans, but there's definitely people who, you know, it's definitely moving in a way. It's almost like the fifties. It's very single driven. And I don't think it's all bad. I think it's, you know, like I was reading a Bono, Bono interview and there, it was this kind of laziness that if you were a big band or you could just like, you needed one song that really was great. And then you could kind of put out your album and they could be concept songs. And, uh, the, some of that's sad that we've lost that but some of it's also good because it's really made songwriting has to be better you can't just put like you just can't throw something on an album and call it done you have to like literally uh, each song has to be a very noteworthy experience in itself for people to care about it and because I think that's not bad
0: it's an investment in time Yeah. now you know back in our day because we're relatively the same age that you would go buy a CD. I remember going to buy the right set Fred CD because I wanted I'm Too Sexy. Yeah. And I couldn't get I'm Too Sexy without buying the whole album. Yeah. And it was I'm Too Sexy around track three, seven or eight pieces of garbage, maybe yeah. one other song that was okay, but they got you because to get that one song, you had to go to Walmart and buy the CD. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you have the option to check or yeah. plus mark or yeah. what, and get rid of these songs immediately. And even if you like something, there's 17 new albums coming out on Fresh Music Friday yeah. or whatever it
1: is. It's crazy how much music comes out right now.
0: So it's harder to matter.
1: Yeah, it is harder to matter. It's it,
0: harder to stay in the marketplace.
1: I mean, it's harder to cut through. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's interest. It's an interesting challenge, and I've been in the business long enough where I've seen it kind of. I was probably the tail end of the last garb of like, you know, my Columbia when I put out my first record on Columbia. Um, i think we spent like just the money was different everything was different it was very we spent like almost 300 grand on the first music video i didn't know i had nothing to do with that that's just what the label did they're like no this is what we're gonna shoot film for three days and it's a really beautiful video but i just that whole model of kind of building this huge promotional piece around one song to to drive an album sales yeah has died it's not it's no longer a thing. It won't ever be a thing, probably.
0: Right. And the great thing about that, though, is, as we talk about the negatives, is that every song ha- really has to be yeah. elite at this point. You know, you can't put out garbage because it just won't exist at all.
1: It's will it just be, yeah, filler. Like, there's no filler, really. Which, which I to me, it's really, I, I, I think it's encouraging in the sense of, like, I love, that's how I cre- that's kind of how I create too. I don't create like these kind of concept albums. Songs are very, um, they're their own children. And then you get an album together and yeah, there's, there's similar textures and you're working with like different layers, but each song really is its own thing. And if it's not like special, it doesn't make the record regardless of what the sonics or if it fits better. I don't know. I've never really been that way. It's very like the songs raise their hands themselves. So it fits me because I like putting out songs that I believe in.
0: It's tough for the consumer to digest 12 songs. It just really is. Yeah. Especially when we, let's compare it to something else, Netflix. Yeah. When there are a hundred shows offered to us and the first moment in the show that we're watching, we feel like, nah, this is not for me. We just jump to the next one. Yeah, right. And so in a 12, 14 song, 11 song record. So you hit track four and you go, nah, I don't know. Not nah, next. You go to the next thing, and so, you know, time, yeah. is so valuable now. And these records, I, I was listening to Bob Left sets. Do you know who he is? By any chance? Oh, yeah. He's, okay, yeah. He was talking about how there will only be concept albums in the future. Otherwise, it's just put out good songs. One, two, three. Stay in the marketplace. Only concept yeah. albums. Makes sense it does make sense now I don't know about the concept album you know my and I start to think about radio in the world of you know what I do well, here's what I, the future of radio to me and not my, I don't do radio for terrestrial I, it's part of it I mean we mm. have you know six million people a week to listen on terrestrial yeah. and, and another three or four that listen digitally but it's shifting it's slowly shifting people will come and they listen to my show not because of the music the music accompanies the show we talk a lot but they listen to hear uh, opinions thoughts yeah. Yeah. They, they hear to laugh hear to cry you know it's uh, the only place that they can find, you know, a Howard Stern or a Charlemagne the God, yeah. or me- is on our channel. And so, what radio is going to turn into is back to the fifties, how music is, and you're going to listen for your DJs to tell you what songs they like instead yeah. of these universal, interesting, programmed playlists. It's that going to sense. alter all the charts, and you're going to have a few guys. Otherwise, why would you listen to something in five years, three years? It just tells you what to hear when everything is available for you. Yeah. There's a playlist for everything. There is a playlist for everything. What, what, what mood are you in right now? You got a fart? Got a playlist. <laughs> Feeling good? Yeah. Right. So, Toothbrushing playlist. Yeah. There's a, for that it, moment, you and can that's do it. A, yes. You got poop on your shirt? Yeah.
1: You got one? Yeah, yeah. the poop on the shirt playlist. Hit that's it. a good one, actually.
0: Hit the, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Beck. You work at the Starbucks <laughs> by the Ryman? I was did. that a thing? It was a thing. They told me that before you came on the radio show, I never brought it up. I think I got lost in your eyes or something. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what was that story?
1: Uh, yeah, I used to work at the Starbucks on Fifth and Church and uh, walk by the Ryman all the time. And there was... I mean, it was would have been so far-fetched to actually think I'd play there. And I, I, we played there the second time on this last tour, and which was about a little more special because um, just because it was moving slower, I could like... The first time we played, though... it. Yeah, I was telling the story. It's funny. I, I was like, we're doing this special thing. We should probably have like... You need content for everything, right? So I'm like, get a get a video guy down here. We'll just like film this. We'll put a little piece together for the fans. Let them know. And, but I was very... It was the end of the tour. I was very much... By that time, you kind of... Um, like, things are working for you. Like, it's it's like a well-oiled machine. You kind of know when... You, you're on autopilot a little bit, like with the show. And, and we're doing the interview. And they're I'm like, okay, now we need to get some content. Let's do an interview. They're like, okay. So they're filming me and they're like, tell them about the story. I'm like, I yeah, used to work at Starbucks and I never thought I'd play here. And out of nowhere, I'm like, can't talk. I'm like bawling in this interview and this guy, I don't even know him. He's just like a dude with a camera <laughs> that I just like, we found someone knew him and I'm just, he's looking at me like, and I'm like, I can't, I, yeah, it was just really meaningful to be in this place and in Nashville with so many legends that have played there. And, uh, I feel a little bit like I'm fooling everybody. But to be there, it was really special. And the second time was even more special just because I actually felt like I slowed down on purpose. Do you have imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. I have it heavily. When you said that, I was like,
0: oh, I get that. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, you hear you, right? Like, you're actually good. (laughs) Well, I mean, you always hear yourself. But I know how I got there, you know? Like, I, I think... When you write a song, you're like, oh, there are definitely moments that you, um the great songs are freaky. They're spooky. They just show up. They're just like given to you. It's really odd. I wish I understood it more. But like great songs just appear. And those moments are definitely like, whoa, this is cool. Like whatever is happening, however I've been made and wired, that this can happen in my life is really special. And I am in awe of those moments. But they still don't feel like me. They feel like outside of me. And then uh, the rest of it, you see all the hard work and labor and that goes into something. You're know, like, oh, I get how I kind of pulled this one off. Like, I get it. Like, I did this, and then I put this cord in there, and then I said this. And I don't know. I still feel like I'm fooling everybody.
0: Yeah, I do too. I really, <laughs> really do. I feel, and I've said this before, that like I'm on a string of 7-Eleven robberies, and eventually they're going to catch me. Yeah. It's just a matter of time because you don't rob 7 Elevens forever. Eventually, they catch up with you and go, Okay, you're done. Time to go to jail. You've been robbing 7 Elevens. <laughs> and that's how I feel. Yeah. Because I, re- I don't really have a talent.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah you, you,
0: you can sing. And, I'm not fishing. I don't even you have you,
1: a talent. I, that, yeah, I was just uh, listening to you. Yeah. But, okay, but carry on. I think you're very talented.
0: Okay. Thank you I mean Thank you Matt Carney In your own way (laughs) In my own way That's the problem (laughs) No it's a
1: unique talent It's very unique It's why It's super unique actually It's really cool But yeah But can you rip a John Mayer solo? No No I would love to I know Me too Come on Right?
0: I want to do everything I'm a mediocre comedian I'm a media I can't even speak right I'm a radio host I can't even speak like my mouth doesn't even work right I don't, I don't talk well my grammar's not good I gotta be in typing I do nothing particularly well I just, I just work and I feel like eventually you know, they're much more talented people uh, but I heard you say that I'm like oh wow Matt Carney has imposter syndrome we're the same we should be best friends we'll be like this. I don't
1: belong here we'll, together we'll do that to each other like he asked me out to coffee he doesn't want to be here
0: he, oh man I haven't been on dates in a long time but I would feel like every relationship early on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are they really dating me? <laughs> they probably really don't want to date me. They probably just like the I'm talking to them on the radio. If I was an accountant Would they date me. No, I go through that. Did you go through that?
1: Uh, they, that's how I met my wife. Like, uh, partly maybe my like insecurity of like, I will win you. But also she just didn't care. Like, I remember I met her at, I met her at anthropology in town. She was shopping. I was shopping. We knew we had friends in common and I walked up to her and I was like, there was a group of friends, and I thought she was cute. And I thought I was like, "Hey, have we met before?" And She goes, "No," like that. I was like, "Oh, okay, sorry." I was like, "We've met." I go, "I go, we've met before." She goes, "No," like that. And I, and I, she doesn't even remember that. This just sums it up. She doesn't even remember that interaction, right? I remember it deeply. She was wearing purple boots. I put it in a song. This whole "Hey Mama" was the song. It's about this whole interaction, and she doesn't remember it at all. Uh, she said she had a margarita at lunch, that's why she doesn't remember it. But I think that she just doesn't remember it but yeah like we so we i met her i saw her at fido coffee shop went up to her got her like i think we on it was my space era we had a friend in common i saw her so i commented on her page or something and then we went on a date and then a month had gone by and at, this is after nothing left to lose has happened so i was like i had like a gold record it was like big deal And about a month into dating she's like hey i heard one of your songs i was like Oh yeah, she's like yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Change the subject. Okay. I was like, you just don't care at all. I was like, you can help me. You know, it was like a, it was definitely like if I went to her tomorrow, I was like, I want to be a janitor. She'd be like, okay. She, which is what I love about her, and also what is incredibly challenging, also because sometimes you just want to fan, be like, honey, you're the best. <ever."> You are like, you are the best writer I've ever heard. The way you use that lyric, no, that's never going to happen how do in you, our relationship. How
0: do you impress her then? Then what was it?
1: How do I impress her? How did and how do? How do I impress my wife? Yeah. I, uh, I turn off my phone and I say, do you want to go uh, for a walk? <laughs> it's like the lamest stuff. <laughs> it's not lame. I'm joking. But very much um, goes against like what drives me every day. So this how did you impress? Quality her then? time is her thing. Yeah, I don't like quality time. I'll tell you what I like. I'm words. I can give you words. I can like, you know, help you.
0: Love languages here. We're talking love, different languages. love
1: languages. Yeah. We share in physical touch, so we can kind of like snuggle on the couch watching Netflix. That that works. So that's kind of a go-to for us. But what was your what did you ask me? And
0: what did what was
1: it that got her though? Because it didn't sound like it was. Hey, he's a musician. I, she just. I mean. I think the music was not it if anything the music was like she had to deal like it was a liability with like kind of the lifestyle um i think it was uh we just we just really clicked and fell in love and thought she was she was really sweet and kind and uh yeah she cared about people a lot and and she thought i was funny and i don't know interesting and really ravishingly handsome. Yeah, so I was going to say. How does she not think that? I mean, she was very attracted that, to me. That,
0: that's all I say about you. Like, you. When you meet him in person,
1: <laughs> you will be blown away. Yeah. Good looking. Uh,
0: yeah. Wow. Uh, you bring up nothing uh, let me. Let's play this one. This is... I felt, being a fan of your music, a bit odd asking you to play this song. Just because I go, I'm a fan. He probably doesn't want to play this song anymore.
1: Love this song. You, love this Still, song. love this song so many artists. favorite song really yep
0: really i, I like to hear that because i'm a fan and i always don't like because i like to have a moment and you're like oh finally they're playing the song that i love so much
1: yeah I lo- no and you're set list when you make and you do, i just had. i just had if you notice uh on the end of the chorus there's like a missing measure i just had lunch with the drummer who played on it yesterday lindsey jameson and uh it actually has a drop measure if you if you try to clapped no one's gonna care about this. No, actually. I know, they
0: they will actually.
1: Uh, there you know, you, you you got one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Usually there's like the chord changes. It goes one, two, three, one, two, three, four. It skips a whole measure, which has this weird one more time to find you like the whole thing. And uh it was really odd and I was in the studio and the, I was like, the drummer's like, Wait, what are you doing? You can't do that. I was like, "Oh, should we add another measure?" And he's like, "No, that's genius. That is amazing." I was like, "Really? Okay, uh, let's keep it in there." And, but yeah, that song just kind of fell out of the sky. It was do you like, hear that every time though? What the extra measure? Uh, so you got two, but three. But do you hear it every time? Four, do you think about it every one, time? Two, no, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. So there it was. There's like a. Does anyone care about this? Yeah, no, I
0: do. I'm actually one, listening to you. Two, because
1: three, I wonder, one, this is two, something that
0: nobody else is going to notice. But I wonder if you notice it every time you hear the song.
1: I don't. I just wrote it that way. You, usually you should play a chord, like the normal structure of pop music in general would be, you know, you play one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. That's what naturally everyone feels normal to people. But the way I wrote the melody, one more time to find, and we changed chord on find you, had this total like actually really nice release to skip that measure, so I just did it naturally. Writing, I didn't even know I was playing my guitar by myself. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just did it because it felt like the chord needed to change there, and uh, yeah, I was like a. I don't think about it, but it is uh, when we played Conan with a song long time ago, Max Weinberg. Yeah, drummer for Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Springsteen. Yeah. He's like what they didn't tell you in the old studio was he was like ten feet. The band is ten feet from you. They shoot
0: those cross angles, so you think it's much bigger than it is. Dude, it, it was is. they yeah. were
1: they were like hovering over us, like it was, and they played like you know their their like bumper music is like <laughs> you're just like ah, like it's so good and so intense. And then they're like, and Matt Carney, and they point to you, and Max stands up, puts his drums under his arm and stares at me over his shoulder arms crossed like 10 feet from me like right off camera but you're just like whoa max is intimidating me and he's trying to right and we get to the chorus one more time and every drummer freaks out over that i do that and i we get to the drop measure and his like knees buckle and he like okay and then he starts like vibing to it and then he waits for the next one and we get to the second chorus and he's like Throws his hands up. He's like, "Yes, that part right there." <laughs> and then we kept getting to it. Like, I was winning Max over as the show was going, and I was like, "This is gonna like, this is the greatest moment of my life." right That's
0: funny. Yeah. I was watching a video of Harry Connick Jr. and he was playing, and the crowd was clapping on the wrong bit. You know, yeah. they're clapping. Uh, they were probably clapping on one and three instead of two and four. Yeah, yeah. And I watched him take his band and shift the no. song. <laughs> no. You no. Know, it's an amazing YouTube video, and if you're a music nerd. You're fascinated that you can't do it, but wow. you understand. And yes. he takes it and he shifts it so that they play on the it so they're playing the two and four. They're playing on the two yeah. and four, and they
1: don't even know. They have no idea. They're just like, "Ooh, we got swag here!" All like, of yeah. Look, look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if if you think about it, if you leave this wow. room and you ever think about this experience again, look up that video. It's amazing. He's wow. just crushing it. Well, that's
1: that's the funny thing is that's the problem with nothing left to lose, because you I couldn't sit in and play it with anybody. I remember, uh, I feel like I'm name dropping, but Kenny. Did the thing with the whalers, right? And we had become kind of like acquaintances around that record. He was way into that record and he randomly texted someone or me and was like, Hey, we're at down at Tootsie's. You should come hang out. We're so doing this. You and Chesney? Yes. Are, are at Tootsie's? We're at, or I, was it, led, boys. no, no, we're just, I was just, it was like he had invited some people down. I and like it, name dropping, by the way. So yeah, okay. okay. I'll, I'll do it gladly. Right. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I was like, lead with my resume. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> but but uh they uh he said come on down and we're, we're just hanging out was doing the thing with the whalers what you that was a while ago right so he was like bob marley's whalers mm-hmm. he was doing like his reggae thing and they were the house band and he was playing songs and he's like hey my best friend that i don't even really that we, my best friend that i've only talked to on the phone come on up here because we've been talking the phone for a while And he's like, well, let's play that one song, Nothing Left to Lose. I'm like, well, there's a drop. Like, you can't in front of a crowd be like, well, there's a drop measure. (laughs) So we're going to establish the tempo. But then when we do it, you like, and I'm like going to the song, like, there's no, and the band doesn't know the song. dude. They're from Jamaica. They're like stoned. Like, they don't listen to Matt Carney music. And we get to the chorus and I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. But I just, I'm going. And every time we'd get to that and they would like. It would like finally we'd get some momentum going as a band and we'd hit that part and it would just be like someone came through with like a baseball bat and just like took out all the instruments. It was just like chaos and then we'd kind of gather our strength again and like everybody okay we got this figured out and I get to the drop measure in the next chorus and it was like everyone would slowly play quieter and be like yeah it was it was it doesn't work.
0: That's like musical nerd porn. That's what you just did right there. Yeah, That's, for people that love it, that they love that, uh, dude. i we we've, we've been talking for an hour. Appreciate the time, man.
1: Man, it's my pleasure, man. I'm a big fan.
0: I'm a, yeah, I am yeah. I think the record's fantastic. You know, and anytime you put out new music, I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be about. Uh, so, yeah, and I think I uh, hopefully, because I think I was probably at, at, adding you on Instagram early and going, hey, check it out. So I'm not lying. No, man. Because sometimes I lie. Who cares, right? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. Not usually, but sometimes. Uh, well, everybody check out the record. Uh, I've enjoyed the time and if i i told you i saw you in the airport once and wouldn't talk to you because i was like oh it's matt carney <laughs> next time i'm for sure gonna take a picture of you and then send it to you and be like just saw you at the airport <laughs> probably won't still won't come up to you but you're flying southwest dude rocking the southwest Airlines. how airline. I do, do it man. bro That's how man, i do it. it all right good to see you bud Thanks, uh, man. matt carney and uh but by the way again don't forget to check out christian bush's podcast called geeking out also you can go back many episodes and Listen to uh, Red Akins or John Oates from Holland Oates or Chris Stapleton. And, again, stream, download Matt's record. Uh, check it out. Maybe you would be a new fan. All right, thank you very much. See you next time, everybody.